Hey, I'm Brett Salyer. I'm a computer scientist. And I'm Marcus Riggs, a crypto investor. We're just two friends seeking to learn a little more about the crypto space every week and share our discoveries with you. Join us each week as we go through the evolving world of crypto and discuss everything from Bitcoin, NFTs, blockchain technology, mining, and a whole lot more. We are the Crypto Bros. Welcome back to the Crypto Bros Podcast. I'm Marcus. This is Brett. Today we're going to be getting into crypto's biggest scams. Uh, but first, as usual, we want to get into the news. So first article up is Biden nominates Forder Ripple Advisor Barr as top U.S. Fed regulator. So United States President Joe Biden named former crypto industry advisor Michael Barr as his latest pick for a Federal Reserve post that is arguably the most powerful financial regulatory job in the U.S., Michael Barr, who is now the public policy school dean at the University of Michigan Law School, was a senior official in form of President Barack Obama's Treasury Department and occupied a key role in the government's rescue of the financial system from the ruins of the 2008 financial crisis. But the most important aspect of his background for the digital assets industry could potentially be his tenure on the board of advisors at Ripple, giving him an insider's knowledge into crypto. The White House announced Barr's selection as the next nominee for the Fed's vice chairman for supervision on Friday, praising him as the person who, quote, spent his career protecting consumers, end quote. But he'll face a Senate confirmation minefield that already eliminated Biden's previous choice. So it's, it, it makes sense for me that uh, it's Ripple that would be or Ripple's CEO that would be the one getting the nod since it not only seems like outside of bitcoin and ethereum xrp is has by far the biggest cult following and the most amount of investors in it but also xrp isn't just a cryptocurrency it is a company behind a cryptocurrency so in a way i could see something like the government seeing it as something even more established than something like ethereum or bitcoin because it's an actual company behind it instead of like an organization it's also much more centralized than a lot of other cryptocurrencies it's got its it uses blockchain texture but um as many of you probably know it's it's a very isolated blockchain network it's public but it's company owned and it's not it's not it's not like the ethereum blockchain where it's this massive network and everybody and anybody can contribute to it and uh so you know it's much more regulated so i guess that appeals more to the government i don't know <laughs> I would say it's definitely one of the more, like, corporate coins, for lack of a better term, than things like, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. Like, it has a much bigger infrastructure, and it has bigger dogs, for lack of a better term, behind it, um, because Ripple is the one, you know, spearheading it. So, it doesn't, it didn't really surprise me that this, if they're going to pick some candidate um, from the crypto world that it would be Ripple CEO. Like, I mean, I don't see Joe Biden calling up, you know, Vitalik, for instance, or someone like that, because, you know, there's, it's just a completely different type of infrastructure. And also, you know, Vitalik doesn't really have the goals of like, you know, joining hands with the government and things like that. Like, I don't know. It honestly, the more I think about it, the more it makes a lot of sense. And I think we're going to begin seeing more of these type of partnerships, but they're going to be very selective in terms of who the government picks because 
because the government is centralized and they want control, they are going to be looking for cryptocurrencies that are much more centralized than other types of cryptocurrencies. And again, this isn't me like bashing on um, XRP uh, specifically, but it is true XRP is one of the more centralized coins compared to um, other currencies. So it I mean, would... yeah, it's by design. It's not. It's not like it has some. It's, it's almost a necessary flaw. evil. Yeah, it's yeah designed like that on purpose. Right. So the second article of the day is a six hundred and twenty million dollar hack. Another one. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> As DJ Khaled would say. The FBI said on Thursday, and again, this isn't like this Thursday. This actually would have been about 10 days ago when this episode's coming out. So the FBI said on Thursday that the Lazarus Group, a prolific hacking team run by the North Korean government, <laughs> shocker, is responsible for the March 2022 hack of cryptocurrency platform called the Ronin Network. We've actually talked about the Ronin Network before. We did. Well, whose network was that? I forget. Anyway, while you're looking it up, the hacker stole 620. Uh, which one? Axie Infinity. It's that game we were talking about oh, in the last yeah. episode. Oh, okay. Of all things to hack, why that one? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not like there's like the most amount of liquidity. I mean, probably because the hackers figured out that out of the basket of different blockchains they looked into, this one was the easiest to exploit. Probably. That's my. Maybe, yeah, they had like a problem with their bridge. Right. Uh, the hackers stole $620 million in crypto in cryptocurrency Ethereum, right? That's an eye-catching number in almost any context. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, 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 we're going to get into some bigger numbers than that for crypto hacks later on. But in the Wild West environment of crypto, the Ronin hack is just one of eight mega highs in the past year in which hackers have stolen more than $100 million in cryptocurrency. Things are going too fast for people to keep up with, says Kim Grar. Kim Grawer, director of research at the blockchain analysis firm Chain Analysis. I was telling you this before we started rolling. It really seems like Chain Analysis is like, like the number one, like analytics company for like a better, better term, data company when it comes to, um, getting analytics for whether it's hacks or just anything related to what's happening in cryptocurrency. I wonder if they have their own coin. I don't know. If they did, I feel like it'd be Chainlink or something. Might be. They sound like a firm more than they do like a cryptocurrency. I mean, you can be both, obviously. But in 2021, collectively, uh, criminal hackers have stolen or did steal because 2021's over. In 2021, criminal hackers stole approximately $3.2 billion in cryptocurrency. Six times more than they made off with in 2020, according to Chain Analysis. That year included six hacks of at least 100 million stolen. Now, I will say something. This art, this article says something which can seem telling on the surface. So they say 2021, they stole 3.2 billion. They say that six times more than they made off of in 2020. So like 550 million compared to 3.2 billion. I don't think that's because. The, you know, say top 50, top 100 blockchains, um, that those are becoming less secure in some way. I think it's because we have so many of these ICOs and startup coins hitting the market. I think some of them are hitting the market either too soon or they're they're basically getting exploited. Um, 
Because, like, you don't really hear, like, you know, obviously Ethereum Classic, Ethereum got hacked, but, like, mm -hmm. you're not hearing any top 50 crypto token or crypto coin getting hacked. Not on their native blockchain. Now, you may have, like, you know, like in this, like, Ethereum got stolen, but it didn't get stolen on the Ethereum network. Um, yeah, the word hacked being used for something that was, like, stolen seems kind of wrong to me. But to your point, it's it, it may not, it could be something else. Like, it may not just be that hacks became more frequent. It could be that hacks became less frequent, but the hacks that were carried out were on coins that were more valuable, or the crypto market in general as a whole uh, increased in value, and hmm. the hacks became more valuable at that point. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, because things are down this year and things were down last year i just don't know 2021 was a good year for crypto 2022 hasn't been but 2022 hasn't been a good year for the market so it's it really doesn't have anything to do with cryptocurrency per se it has to do with the broader market because despite what some people say online let me tell you cryptocurrency is not a hedge against inflation cryptocurrency moves very closely with the tech sector and the stock market um so this is why if you're investing, look at cryptocurrency as a part of your tech side of your portfolio. If you're all about, you know, risk management and diversification, like don't look at it as like this magical thing where, you know, if everything hits the fan in the United States, all of a sudden crypto is going to go to the moon. It's like the it's it's not that it's not oppositely correlated with the stock market. That's not how it works. Yeah, it, it kind of started to gain that sort of rep when when everybody started getting into Bitcoin, it crypto as a whole isn't really a hedge against inflation, and really Bitcoin shouldn't be treated as one either, although that has been the consensus for a while because it has been beating the rate of inflation right. uh, pretty consistently. But, you know, that could change at any moment, especially since technology and cryptocurrencies are starting to become one and the same. I mean... They overlap for sure, but not everybody viewed it that way. Tech enthusiasts weren't into cryptocurrency, you know, 15 years ago. Right. There needs to be, I, I feel like enough, not a lot of people make this distinction, but a distinction needs to be made between a store of value and a hedge against inflation. Those are two very different things. And I think sometimes people overlap them or think they're one and the same. They're not. So for our next article, Jerry Jones announces first ever partnership with a cryptocurrency company. So Jerry Jones, let me see here. Jerry. Jerry Jones. Everyone knows Jerry Jones, at least if you're a quasi football fan. I'm a big football fan. So the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones, is carving another path in the league, this time involving the growing field of cryptocurrency, announcing a move to partner with Blockchain.com in the first ever move for an NFL team. So that's pretty cool. Blockchain is one of the... Uh, this is Jerry Jones speaking. Blockchain is... Or excuse me, this isn't Jerry Jones speaking. Block... Actually, it doesn't it say... It doesn't say who it's quoting. It is Jones, yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't say who it's quoting. Yeah, it says see? it's quoting Jerry Jones. Oh, I don't see where it says that. Yeah. It says, Blockchain is one of the oldest and most trusted digital asset platforms in the world, has easy-to-use products, and remains relentlessly focused on customers, Jones said via press release. Oh, okay. There we go. I was looking for it before the quote began. 
He says they are bringing Wall Street to Main Street by making digital assets available to anyone anywhere in the world. And that's a touchdown for our... <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's a touchdown for our millions of global fans. Okay, Boomer. I know. We <laughs> take pride in being the first team in the NFL to sign an official cryptocurrency partnership. And we are proud to venture in this innovative business with blockchain.com. I'm going to say this right now. They are not partner. Jerry Jones is not partnering with crypto for cryptocurrency. You know why he's partnering with these crypto companies, right? Tendies. Think about a Dak Prescott NFT or a Ezekiel Elliott NFT or a Cowboys logo. Like, I think it's the NFT market that these uh, NFL owners are going to start going after. Imagine having an official NFT marketplace for your team. I mean, Gronk already has one. I mean, he doesn't have an official marketplace. He has an official collection of NFTs based on himself right? in the OpenSeas marketplace. But imagine like... And they're really expensive, like like 30 Ether in some cases. <laughs> 30 Ether. They want, he wants us to pay his salary when he retires. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I honestly, I think this is an NFT play more than it is a crypto play. Because imagine these teams saying, you know, a, a team created... Uh, you know, NFT line, lineup. Um, and you could, have, maybe you could have something like, you know, I don't know if they can control the price of the NFT in this way, but imagine almost like fantasy stats, like the better the player is, like imagine the, the cost of the NFT fluctuating. So it's almost like you think, oh, this person that just came out of college just got signed by, you know, say the Cowboys, for instance. Oh, I think he's going to be big. His NFT is only 0.5 Ether right now. If this dude blows up, I could see this NFT really blowing. You know what I mean? Like, I could see people treating it that way. And also, like, obviously, if you draft good players as a team and you're making NFTs for, you know, the 52-man roster and their roster starts doing better, who also profits? The team profits because the value of the NFT went up. So Always I think this the is... the team. I, never the fans. No. It's Especially never. not Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans suck, but that's a different story. So does their team. Well, yeah, what's the difference? <laughs> we can't be talking. Our team sucked. For listen, listen, time. listen. We're not for for the next thirty seconds. We are not a crypto podcast. The Cowboys fans suck, <laughs> and here's the reason they suck. They suck not because that they're stupid or they're <laughs> dumb or they yell and they talk trash like a Chiefs fan does. They're not that. The reason they suck is because they haven't done anything or won anything in decades and decades, and they act like every single year they're going into the season, they're hit, they're going to make the Super Bowl. That's what's annoying about the Cowboys fans. Now, Chiefs fans, they're just like, oh, we're going to win it. But at, at least you have a great team. So it's like, you're cocky, you're annoying, but I get it. With Cowboys fans, they're annoying and cocky, and they've done nothing. All right? Us Bengals fans over here... We've shut up, okay? We, we, we've been trashed for, for, for a minute now, all right? But you don't hear us going out there saying, this is the year, this is the Super, Super Bowl. We, we know our place, okay? We, <laughs> we stay over here real quiet. We, we do this every, every year, and, and we keep to ourselves. But Cowboys fans do not do that, and that is why Cowboys fans suck. Texas has left the chat. <laughs> Texas has left the chat. I had to – I will officially get off my soapbox now. So I had to get that off my chest. For our final – uh, article of the day, we have Stripe launches, or fintech giant Stripe jumps into crypto with a feature that lets Twitter users get paid in stablecoin. So uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Stripe is kind of this online payment platform. It's, uh, well, for example, we use it uh, with our podcast. It's how we get 
our ad revenue paid out to us. Um, lots of other organizations use it to handle their uh, transactions, maybe something like payroll or something like that. Um, but it looks like they're trying to get into the crypto space a little bit. Um, uh, and stablecoin specifically with Twitter. So it looks like Twitter's going to be one of their first clients to be uh, getting payments in stablecoin. Nothing, you know, super, super crazy here. Just kind of interesting to see uh, the world moving more towards digital assets. And the stablecoin they're going to be using is USDC, is what the uh, key points part of the article says. Online payments firm Stripe says it will start offering merchants the ability to pay their users in cryptocurrency through the stablecoin USDC. I would find this article more interesting if it was actually a cryptocurrency, but it's, I mean, yes, stablecoin is, is, but I mean, like, imagine, like, imagine, you know, Stripe comes out, oh, yeah, you can, you can now pay merchants in Ethereum or something like that. It's like, that'd be kind of cool, but I'm a huge stable fan. I love stable. I mean, stable definitely has a utility that other crypto coins don't and vice versa. So it like, not only does it have its place, it's not going anywhere and stable coins are only going to get bigger as the crypto market in general gets bigger but my point is it, it would be cool if you could pay bitcoin or ethereum or solana or whatever your cup of tea is if elon musk buys buys twitter you know doge is going on may, there. maybe maybe we can <laughs> maybe you can coerce uh uh stripe to start supporting doge mm. yeah because we we love doge we love doge <laughs> Uh, but it's pretty cool. USDC, that's, um, what is the C? Coin. Uh, but I'm trying to think. So there's like USDT, which is Tether. I forget what C is. Is it literally just coin? I think it's just coin. I think, isn't it? I think it's a top 10. Um... Yeah, it's coin. Okay, literally just coin. Okay. Yeah. Who who uh, distributes USDC? Uh, It's managed by a consortium called Center. Okay. Maybe Which we'll... was founded by Circle. Oh, okay. I think I know a little bit about Circle. So, to our main topic of the day, biggest crypto scams of all time. We thought this would be fun. No, not because we're passing around FUD or fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But because, you know... It's important to be aware. Not only important, but it's entertaining. <laughs> it's now, enter- yeah. now, if you're... If if you got scammed in, in one of the uh, the crypto scams that we're about to talk about, I'm, I do find this entertaining. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I I do feel for you. However, me feeling for you is not the expense of me about to be entertained by these stories because there's some doozies in here, as well as uh, one one of the scams we're going to be getting into is someone faking out scamming to prove a point. That's something I'm going to be getting into, which is faking uh, out scamming. So. So starting so ICOing a coin acts like on Twitter he took off with the money, everyone gets mad at him, and then he goes back and says, No, I actually didn't. I was just trying to make a point that you guys didn't know what you were investing in. And everyone's like even more mad, like what? Anyway, I wanna get to that. That that one was like that one was a real head scratcher. So the first and biggest one I want to talk about is BitConnect. So this one is quite a popular one. So for uh, I, when I look up these different crypto coins that have the in terms of the amounts that uh, different articles are say were stolen, I there's actually a bit of variance in terms. Like sometimes I'll see one article say 
you know, for example, 100 million got stolen in another article. It'd be like, no, it was 107 million that got stolen in another. It was like 95 million stolen. So I'm like, so again, these numbers that I'm going to be pulling out, I understand like they could be not accurate, but they're, uh, I looked up and this is at least within like 5%, give or take, of what was stolen. So if you want to correct me on, no, no, it wasn't that much stolen. That's too much or too little. Like I, I get these numbers could be inaccurate. So BitConnect. The biggest one and probably the most famous crypto scam of all time. So I had heard about BitConnect, but I literally didn't um, like didn't know anything about BitConnect. I just literally knew the name. Sure. But it is estimated that three point four five billion dollars were stolen in BitConnect. So no, no, it was two point four billion. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, sure. To, if someone wants to wants to go a keyboard warrior in the chat, you know, you know, go ahead. What well, you're right, I'm wrong. You're right. Go ahead. So BitConnect proclaimed to be an open source cryptocurrency that guarantees investors forty percent in returns. Come on, guys. Is that if it? If someone's promising forty percent in returns, do a little bit of research. <laughs> but they guaranteed investors guaranteed investors 40 percent in returns not they say when we launched it we're going to get a 40 percent year there was a guarantee that 40 percent however bitconnect unfortunately turned out to be a ponzi scheme that cost investors 3.45 billion bitconnect was released in 2016 with the goal of allowing users to lend the value of bitconnect coin in return for interest payments so we've seen this in other coins The the Marquee program was the so-called lending platform where users traded Bitcoin for BitConnect coin, and you could lock in the instantaneous value of the coin for a set period of time while earning interest calculated daily. Which is different from proof of state because BitConnect is saying here, whatever, if if, if Bitcoin's 50,000 when you purchase it, you're going to lock in that value and then earn the interest from that lock-in. But like that's not how staking works because you're still fluctuating, but it's still staked away. So this, seems, this is different. Yeah. That seems really dangerous because if the crypto market just tanked, exactly, and everyone's locked in at fifty grand or you know peak peak Bitcoin value at like sixty nine. Yeah. Well, again, in all of in all these different, um, you know, Arctic and and as I begin to explain these different scams, you'll begin to see red flag, red flag, red flag. But again, everyone's all hyped in the space. Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. So, you know, FOMO and things like that will cause you to overlook these things. So again, whenever you hear an amazing opportunity, whether it's crypto, stock, whatever, like, again, like really do your due diligence. So they were promising, uh, the uh, this was a lending platform. Uh, they were promising, again, that you could lock an instantaneous value of the coin for a set period of time while earning interest calculated daily. The interest payouts were determined by a so-called trading bot. The trading bot was the most controversial piece of the BitConnect uh, ecosystem. The liquidity of the BCC, which is BitConnect coin, cryptocurrency funded users' ability to exchange their earnings for Bitcoin. So it almost sounds like a, f- uh, a slightly different version of like wrapped Bitcoin. It's kind of, it seems like how they're like pitching it. They're like, it's Bitcoin. We're just going to transfer it into our own. You'll lock in the value and then... It almost seems like they're they're trying to say like, oh, there's definitely overlap between Bitcoin and BitConnect, which, yeah. On I no- wish. Yeah. <laughs> so they launched in 2016. On November 7th of 2017, the government of the United Kingdom issued BitConnect a notice with two months to prove its legitimacy. 
On January 3rd of 2018, Texas State Securities Board issued a cease and desist to the company, calling it a Ponzi scheme and citing failings in user earnings, transparency, and misleading statements. The Texas Security Board and North Carolina Secretary of State Securities Division warned that BitConnect was not registered to sell securities in their respective states. So two weeks later, on January 17th of 2018, BitConnect actually shut down and BCC prices crashed 92% immediately after. BitConnect announced it would refund its loans. However, the BitConnect X website remained open and operational, having just begun its ICO which, for anyone that doesn't know, ICO is an initial coin offering. It's basically the uh, the inception of it going onto the markets and onto the exchanges where you can actually yeah. trade it and hold it. It's pretty much what gives the coin its initial value. Exactly. So two weeks after this, so we have January 3rd, January 17th, on, but now on January 31st, 2018, a temporary restraining order froze BitConnect's assets expiring on February 13th. However, BitConnect as an entity never actually existed so it is unclear what its assets BitConnect has or ever had. An alleged India region leader, one level below founder, of BitConnect was arrested in, in uh, Delhi or Delhi, India, mm-hmm. on Delhi. Delhi, India on August 18th of 2018, so seven months after the restraining order. It is suspected that, uh, that this uh, region leader, which is just you know, basically co-founder, is connected to well-known criminal entities involving in laundering so-called black money after India uh, after Indian's government demonet- demonetization of the rupee in 2019. So this guy was arrested and then released on bail in connection with similar scam called Regal Coin. So this this was not this man's first time on the block. He just got away with a lot more. So the money was never returned to the users and it's basically in the ether because it no longer exists in the BitConnect ecosystem because it basically was able to go off the grid, uh, you know, once the governments like the UK started smelling falsehood. Okay. I mean, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Three. It, it's the biggest one, though, $3.4 billion. Like, the next closest that at least I found was $660 million. So that just goes to show... It's like five times bigger. When did you say this was? This was twenty. So, so it was BitConnect was released in twenty sixteen, and then twenty seventeen people started smelling, and then twenty eighteen was basically when it closed off. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense that it's one of the biggest ones because it's kind of. I mean, this is kind of when crypto twenty fifteen twenty sixteen was. It was a big FOMO year for Bitcoin. Yeah, it's when things started to really take off. People were really just wanting to get in by all means necessary, and they're trying to find the next Bitcoin. And if they think they found it, they're willing to just sort of ignore the red flags and just go along with it, which is why they got away with so much. These days, it's a lot harder to get away with something like that, although there are still people who will fall for Right, even though there's still no no real regulation in the crypto space, there's still a lot of... Um... It's harder to get away with things, one, because there's more eyeballs in the crypto space in terms of journalists and things like that. And there are also more people looking to get into crypto. So if there is a scam, knowledge that it's a scam is going to travel a lot faster. Uh, And you know these journalists and these different news outlet organizations are just looking for the next scam because that'll be a good headline. So it's just hard to get away with something like BitConnect again because 
one, people know more now than they did in 2016 about how you can possibly get scammed in crypto. Not many people knew that. I mean, remember, that was this was only BitConnect started only four years after, you know, Satoshi went dark. So this was not that long. It's, this is not very much time that passed. One of the most frequent things you see um, kind of in today's crypto age is is rug pulls. And a lot of these scams that you'll see are either directly a rug pull or something that's similar to one. Uh, one of the biggest ones that a lot of people heard about recently was kind of based around this. I don't want to, it was pretty much a meme coin, but it was uh, the, the squid token. If you remember that one. Um, and, and pretty much the basics of a rug pull. A, a rug, so basically a rug pull is just, you know, you have a coin developer or whoever it may be that's promoting the coin and people who are interested in purchasing this to have an ICO, the guy gets millions of dollars, uh, or the coin gathers, rather, uh, millions of dollars of an interest. Then you have people who are investing in the coin, and the value gets, you know, kind of pumped to an extent. But then something happens where you're not able to sell your coin, uh, kind of like, what happened in Squid Game? You're not able to. You're, you're locked in, kind of like the game, right? Like if you watch the if you watch the TV show, you're in the game. You can't get out. You're committed. The only way to get out is to win the game. Um, similar, similarly, and you know, with the Squid Token, you weren't able to actually sell your token, which is a big problem because it keeps the value of the coin from, you know, going down. If you can't sell, but you can buy, the coin value can only go up. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening was the guy just ended up running away with millions of dollars because no one could sell their coins and people thought, you know, it was, it was and kind of scary. what is the reason they couldn't sell their coins? Uh, it was something baked into the, the smart contract that was just not allowing them to be able to sell it. Mm. Or like in some other instances, sometimes they build in like a tax for selling your coins. Right. Um, and when that happens, you know, tax is 100%. So it's worthless to sell the coins because if you sell the coin... Uh, the person gets the money anyways because right. the tax is 100% and you get nothing. So there's no incentive to sell it. So you're more or less forced to keep it there hoping something changes. But Yeah, I I wonder, is there a place like on the blockchain or something or maybe with the company behind the blockchain where you can see like the terms of service with these contracts so you can kind of smell this stuff out before it happens? Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things. That's one of the first rug pulls that I was going to talk about today. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of terrible because there is a company called, uh, it's maybe not a company, but it was a watchdog kind of like chain analysis Mm -hmm. called war on rugs. And the name implies that that they are a legitimate company with an interest in keeping, uh, rug pulls at a minimal. Hmm. So essentially what they would do is they would audit smart contracts in the blockchain because everybody's smart contract is public. You can go into the blockchain, you can look at the smart the smart contracts for different ERC ERC20 tokens, see like what can be done, what can't be done, if there's anything suspicious. Um usually a company like this would alert the public and say, "Hey, don't invest in this. If you do, you're at risk of not being able to do X or being able to do Y or whatever." And War on Rugs was actually doing things for quite some time. And um, 
basically they had some partnership with Fairmoon, which was or sorry, uh, which was a clone of Safe Moon. Um, they didn't like the coin. They kind of started taking, getting. They were closely related at some point with Fairmoon, trying to sort of like make it better. I guess they had an interest in the program. I'm not sure exactly what all happened with that, but in the end, War on Rugs ended up being uh, the very thing that they sought to destroy, and they they ran away because they they ended up coming out with their own ICO for their own coin, and they had they had uh, liquidity. The irony and like pancake swap, and uh, and things like that, and and also with Fair Moon. So if Fair Moon had their own assets and things like this, the basically they. They rug pulled both of them, and the guy walked away with millions of dollars. Where, I wonder what was the pitch, basically, give us liquidity, and we'll use this liquidity to go and test smart contracts. Was that the idea? And then they built up so much liquidity, they just took it out. Because that mean, would be kind of sort of that'd be, be kind of genius. Sort of. I mean, they're not. It wasn't so much that it was that they were already doing something that people thought was useful. And then to support the project, they're like, mm. oh, yeah, you know, you've already proven that you could do this and you seem re- uh, reputable right now. Um, but there was the same instance. They weren't able to sell their coins. Or actually, was it? Was that what it was? Was this one where they weren't able to sell their coins? Um, it says, yeah, there was. A, so, yeah, there's a 100 percent tax. So nobody, there was no incentive to sell it, but there was no incentive to keep it either. So it's like you're screwed either way. They're like, yeah, the Coinbase fee is 100%, but you're not proof of work. The Coinbase fee is 100%. <laughs> He's like, this is, good. this is fishy, man. No, 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 100%. The, the, the coin that they ended up making was called uh, Reth, R-E-T-H, which is the rug, rug Ethereum. I don't remember what it was called. Rug Ethereum, I think, and then Fair, which is the coin for Fair Moon. But but basically, the smart contracts got reset, so the taxable amounts went up to a hundred percent, making it worthless to sell. Um, they hmm. lost the Fair Fair Moon lost nearly a hundred percent of its value in one day. Trading activity for Reth uh, was that was basically valued at fractions of a penny. That's rough. Crazy. That is rough. The rug pull has been going on since the audit of Fair Moon, so it's been slowly going on for a while. I mean, this is this when was this article written? This article was written in 2021, May 19th. So this is one of the most famous rug pulls, just because you know when you're self-proclaimed war on rugs, smart contract auditor, and you do exactly the thing that you told people that you protect them against. Yeah, that's kind of a kind of a major thing here i mean it's it's kind of uh smart on the scammers end because i mean one of the most inconspicuous ways to scam people is to lean into the very thing that they're hoping you're going to fix instead of just seeming shady around the edges just like directly go at them like we're here to solve this and i think that disarms a lot of people from wanting to invest in you because they're thinking of the cause which is another really big reason why there should be more than one crypto watchdog kind of looking at all the things all the time. Right. Um, Because in in this situation, it says the smart contracts were reset so that the taxable amount was 100%. So there was always a little bit of a tax, I think. Um, So it wasn't super suspicious. I mean, that's not 
that's not can you reset the terms after the smart contract has been created though i believe i believe smart contracts can be amended in a way hmm. i'm not tech i'm not sure off the head off the top of my head how that's possible technically because i'm not... maybe they would have created their own blockchain where they knew this is what they were going to do from the start and somehow they put a little kink in the system to where you didn't need I don't think so because it's on it's on the uh, it's an ERC tw- oh. or ERC20 token. Oh, okay. Yeah, then they wouldn't have control of that or BNC20 whatever, you know, it's I think it might have been a Binance token, but Binance Binance Chinese. <laughs> That'll just always be my my go-to Chinese. Chinese products, Chinese coins, Chinese exchanges, Chinese 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 food. Hey, I like Chinese food. <laughs> Chinese food is bomb. So another scam. So this one wasn't a crazy amount of money. It is obviously substantial and, you know, tons of people lost money on this. But PinCoin, which is P-I-N coin, it's one word. This had approximately $660 million stolen. So this rocked investors. Uh, it was actually a Vietnamese currency that raised about uh, $660 million from 32,000 people. Rather than being paid back in cash, because you couldn't do that, then you can't scam them. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than being paid back in cash, investors were rewarded with a new token called iFan. Like iPhone, but iFan. Before the team behind PinCoin disappeared alongside the invested money, investors had been told that they would enjoy a profit rate of 48% a month. A month. So if you think about that, so there's the rule of 70 uh, rule of 72 so they would double their money about every six weeks that doesn't sound fishy <laughs> they would enjoy a profit rate of 48 percent a month from their initial investment and recoup all investments after four months people would also be rewarded with an eight percent oh, the yields just keep coming <laughs> would also be rewarded with i know eight percent commission for every new member that they introduce to the network. 8% commission? For every new member they introduce to the network. Yo, that's like, uh, what was it? So many of these <laughs> pyramid scheme things that people try to like, where where you're like, what was, what was the one? It was back when I was probably like 16 or 17, there was a group that came to me, like a financial group, you know, because like all these pyramid scheme things always seem to stem out of like financial, like betterment plans and things like that. But I, what was the name of it? I can't remember, but they're like, oh yeah, if you bring in like this many people, you'll, you'll get this. And if you bring in this many people, you'll get this. And they set you like strict goals. You have to bring in this many people or else. Yeah. Whatever. So this so-called exit scan could be the largest in recent memory and is also indicative of what to come in the ICO space. No, it's not. All right, that, that's some foam. I'm, I'm going to shut that down right now. The article is like, this is so indicative. See, see, crypto, someone got scanned. It's like, no. The team of seven Vietnamese nationals seem to have left the country <laughs> while scamming investors massed outside the company's old headquarters. So this place had a headquarters in Vietnam. These guys ran off with the money. The building was vacant when the people showed up to, uh, you know, with their pitchforks and signs and all that. The offices and everything were empty. They, they're gone. They're, they're in America, sipping on Margs, sitting on the <laughs> beach. They're, they're good. 
<laughs> I wonder when they figured it out. Hey, you think there's anybody in there? I don't know. <laughs> Break the window. Oh, that's that seems like something out of a movie. Like some Wolf of Wall Street savagery. We're gone. So, another one. This one wasn't near as much money, but it's entertaining. It's called uh, at either Act Chain or AC Chain. So, it's AC Chain. It's one word. This had approximately $60 million, uh in crypto stolen. Uh, I'll call Created it... in Sen... Shenzhen, China. Yeah. Shenzhen, I don't know. I'm going to call it AC Chain. If I'm wrong, someone correct me in the comments. AC Chain was highly uh, promising ICO token created in Shenzhen, China, which managed to raise $80 million. <laughs> All right, well. Chump change. Chump change. That's easy. But it quickly became clear that things weren't as they seemed. No. <laughs> I haven't heard this story before. A picture of it, of the AC chain headquarters was leaked and turned out to be nothing more than an empty room. <laughs> By that point, the company suddenly went very quiet, vanishing without a trace. What's weird is AC chain's Telegram and Twitter are operating as usual, but with no developments whatsoever. It's like a thrilling Hollywood movie <laughs> where the end is not certain. What happened? According to the State Administration for Market Regulation, illegal and false advertising by three ICOs, namely AC Chain, Puyan Coin, and BioLife Chain, Tax Haven Jersey, has given information that a company called AC Chain Technology International Services Limited is operating in its country. Most probable, uh, most probably, the money is being hidden there. Who is involved? So we got a picture. Here. We do have a picture. Uh, I'll post this up for you guys. So a picture of names along with images of who were involved in AC Chain scam is posted on Reddit thanks to some user Slinterfence. I like how they're all like clearly Chinese, and then there's like one guy <laughs> Ben one Gibbons, and then like the dollar store Jeff Bezos named Joe F. Atrix. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Listen, if anyone was scammed, I am actually sorry, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be entertained to death on this. It is indicated that almost $60 million has been scammed out from investors, with the majority of $40 million from AC, Chain's, uh, AC Chain plus Puyan and $20 million from BioLife Chain. And no, so it seems like AC Chain was kind of the, the parent crypto, per se, of Puyan and BioLife Chain, but they're all basically under the same canopy. A number of them have been arrested so far. Oh, okay. That's that's a nice change of pace from these last two <laughs> coins. They've actually been arrested. A number of them have been arrested so far, while some of them are already on to, the, to another ICO called Themis. Oh, I got to look this up. Can I find this on, uh, on MarketCap? I'm, I'm looking at the Reddit post with the, with the pictures of these dudes, and the, to the top two comments are like, I mean, did they really use their actual pictures? With these scammers, they usually just make up the names and pull the pictures from some stock photo websites. I'm like, you can't tell me that Ben Gibbons is a stock photo. Yeah. And this other guy's like, you talking crap about my boy Tyrone Fountain? Tyrone, Tyrone Fountain. I wonder what he's from. Okay, so I actually found Themis on uh, CoinMarketCap. It's, uh, it's on a grand total of 1,941 watch lists. <laughs> It's fully diluted market cap is 141 million. It's ranked 4,827th. So this coin is just booming right now. Let me tell you. So, it it in a funny when you look at the chart, it's not a pump and dump chart. So I don't know if it's like a place where they're just like holding some of their money. There is a max supply, so it's it's not like Doge where you can just inflate it to death. I don't know. 
Uh, it is down 24% today. <laughs> what do you know of the timing? So, it's always you, down 24%. <laughs> at least it feels like it these days with, with uh, crypto. It's, it's tough pickings out there trying to get uh, trying to buy the dip. I've been buying the dip, but there ain't no, I ain't riding a rip. <laughs> it's just... You had to, didn't you? That's yeah. not the one I meant to push. Oh, <laughs> you can push it. Go ahead and push the one you're trying to push. Uh, <laughs> Easy. They're just colors. I don't know which one's which anymore. Uh oh. Hold on. Hold on. We, we, we got to find the punchline. Go ahead. Nope. 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 There we go. <laughs> yes, the second to last one. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness. Do you have one or do you want me to go? I have two more. Gotta love the uh, the road stock sounds. Thank you. Let's see. I've talked about two of mine. Uh, it's probably worth mentioning Ethereum Max. We can't have a yeah. Let's do it. Wait, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about you know a scam coin promoted by celebrities. Active, actively, I want to say alive, but not really alive. Alive like a dead horse on the side of the road. It's still. It's still a thing, and Kim Kardashian is not in jail yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kim Kardashian. When will the drama end? So, there's really not a whole lot to say about this particular token, aside from the fact that you can just go and look at its chart and kind of deduce for yourself what the heck happened with this thing. Um. I love this comment section on CoinMarketCap for Ethereum Max. It's hot and cold. It's hot and cold. Emacs, muscles, never been more, more bullish, bullish on, on Emacs. Emacs. Exciting things ahead. And then the next one, this is what they get for smoking people during launch. <laughs> Haters don't listen to the AMAs, American Music Awards. This project <laughs> will rise like the Phoenix. <laughs> I wonder why people waste time fudding this project. <laughs> this guy. Scam Indian smelly trash XX. <laughs> oh, man. Another one. Rugged. <laughs> Facts. Is a scam. I can't, I can't, I can't to sell from L Bank. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Biggest scam with the most victims in the history of DeFi. Yeah, I don't know about that. I just talked about BitConnect. <laughs> so it's 52 week high was like. It's all-time high was... Oh, yeah. It's, uh, wait. Wow. That, I, I, I'll show this say. chart on the podcast. This is a brutal chart. It, it was... Uh, it was never worth anything, and now it's worth way less than nothing. <laughs> it pumped to... I'm trying to see. It pumped to 85.34, and right now it's sitting at... Uh, well, okay. It's one more digit. 85.34. I'm looking on the all chart. Or, excuse me, 8,000... 630 well this is eight well i'm missing a zero this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i had yeah, another zero we're missing one two three four five six it's so right now it's like nine zeros eight two it's max supply is is wait two trillion <laughs> it's two trillion oh man and hey look at its volume i know forty two thousand seven hundred five dollars <laughs> oh wow that is that is brutal sheesh uh, but this comment section, I, I this can. is why I love these coins because the comment section has no chill. And the funny thing is, it's on thirty four thousand watch lists. Oh, man, it's on how many watch lists? Thirty four thousand watch lists on uh, Coin Market Cap. Why? I'm surprised it's even ranked five thousand. It's like ranked four thousand nine hundred and eleven. 
Yeah. That's that's well, higher than I would expect. What's its market cap? Oh, it doesn't say. <laughs> what no does market it... cap. That when the when the price is so low, it's like I don't know. <laughs> oh man. It's had the... an audit. Oh, did it? Yeah, there's an audit here. Let's take a look. Investigate. No security score available. Oh, Kim Kardashian was sued. Oh, was she actually? It, it says right here in an article. Yeah. So. It has one major, what is this, audit timeline requested. It has one major issue. Well. I, okay, I actually have some of the, uh, the captions on the posts of what these celebrities were posting uh, for Ethereum X. So Kim Kardashian posted on Instagram... Are you guys into crypto? This is not financial advice, aka don't sue me because you're probably going to. This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about Ethereum Max token, exclamation point. A few minutes ago, Ethereum Max burned 400 trillion tokens. She probably doesn't even know. I was going to say, she probably has no idea what yeah. she's talking about. She's I mean, this just is, spewing something. This is probably written by someone else or I don't know. Literally 50% of their admin wallet giving back to the entire Emacs community. Paul Pierce, a former NBA star, has an even more colorful story. Colorful story. He was fired by ESPN after an Instagram Instagram live video showed him disregarding COVID uh, precautions while in a room with exotic dancers. He later tweeted, "ESPN, I don't get you. I got Ethereum Max. I made more money with this crypto in the past month than I did with y'all all year." That's pretty savage. Well, I mean, that might be true, but most people don't have like millions of dollars to throw into something that's going to get pumped to infinity and then know exactly when to pull it out. Yeah. Kardashian, uh, Kim Kardashian was later singled out by the UK's Financial Conduct Authority, with the regulator describing such cryptocurrencies as, quote, untested. Well, yeah, no kidding. Given how the influencer has more than 250 million followers on Instagram, jeez. FCA chairman Charles Randall said her said in her post, quote, may have been the financial promotion with the single biggest audience reach in history. Honestly? Yeah. It's probably true. But you gotta think about it on Instagram, you're because of the algorithm, you're not actually reaching all your followers. That's not how it works. It's similar to it's similar to YouTube, like your subscription feed in YouTube. Like if you have a hundred subscribers, it actually doesn't hit all hundred feeds in their subscription. It's it's kind of deceiving. But they they make a good point. Like when you have that big of a reach, and at, at the very least, tens and tens of millions, uh, you know, reached uh, that she was able to reach using her Instagram following. At the very least. Uh, but this guy added talking about it, Charles Randall, the FCA chairman. Of course, I can't say whether this particular token is a scam, but social media influencers are routinely paid by scammers to help them pump and dump new tokens on the back of pure speculation. That's true. Some influencers promote coins that turned out to simply not exist at all. Well, I don't know how you don't exist and you put on an exchange. But again, I don't really know the qualification process for getting put on an exchange, so I, I'm, I, I can't really comment on that. I mean, it depends on the exchange. I know Coinbase is kind of strict about who they let on. Um, Probably the bigger the exchange, it's an application. the more. Yeah. So they have to go. I mean, it's not like you can just sign up and get immediately put on there. It's not. It doesn't work like that, but. Right, and and yeah, not only that, but 
if you want to get put on an exchange where you could you have the possibility of getting real volume like a top five exchange for instance like the the red tape you're gonna to have to go through is probably pretty extreme because i mean remember there's ni over nineteen thousand coins and tokens now i mean something like even binance only has like five six hundred so again it's not just any joe schmo is going to be able to be put on a big exchange yeah and a lot of people, a lot of these things don't take place on exchanges. You've got to keep that in mind. A lot of these, and, and this is how desperate people can get to, to make a buck. Um, a lot of these things can happen on just simple, um, like, you know, pancake swap or something like that, where you just have liquidity pools and you, you basically just acquire one token and exchange it for another. Mm -hmm. um, and, like what you guys can do when eventually someday we come out with our Crypto Bros token. Hey, listen, I'm not coming out with this token until we have an audience. <laughs> True. I said eventually. Eventually. Guys, start listening. Yeah, subscribe, start listening. Listen all the way through those abs because, again, the ramen is getting stale. <laughs> I'm very poor. I'm very needy. I have ramen. Well, I love ramen. It's, it's just I need something besides ramen. You know. Like what? Like... Come on, you can't only have ramen. Why not? Because I want to get rich, and I got to tell the audience that so you can buy more ramen. No, no, no. <laughs> so I can buy something besides ramen. lots of ramen. Oh my gosh! Hey, ramen, if you're listening, sponsorship. You know, <laughs> is ramen a single entity? Imagine a ramen token, and it's, <laughs> and the ramen token's like twenty cents or whatever a package of down, ramen write that is. Down. <laughs> uh, the the genius is flowing through this. The morning. ramen Dow. You have, like, noodles and, like, shrimp and chicken and cups. Shrimp Hot ramen. Sauce. No one knows about shrimp ramen. Spice. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm going to hit up one more. Uh, do you want to hit it or do you want me to grab one? Uh, which one are you doing? I can either do Save Droid or I can do Plexcoin. Hmm. We'll go with the one that has more money stolen. Twenty million. Well, the well, uh, that's Plexcoin. The Save Droid is fifty million. Yeah. You want to go with twenty million? Twenty million. Okay, twenty million. <laughs> I like Plex. So the Plexcoin ICO scam, another ICO scam, was notable for the fact that it was shut down by the ooh. Okay. This was so. This one specifically, Plexcoin was shut down by the U.S. Uh, by the SEC, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, which is our native uh, in America. That's our uh, securities exchange for stocks and other things. It's the regulatory uh, governmental organization, for lack of a better term. So the SEC ordered to pay back as much as twenty million. That is defraud that. Uh, people were defrauded of the ico initially promised people an incredible return <laughs> again with these returns an incredible return they have no chill on this 1354 <laughs> percent which wait wait, I, wait wait wait, 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 wait yes yeah, yeah, yeah. you heard me correct you want me to repeat it repeat it one more time the ico initially promised people an incredible return of 1354 <laughs> percent All right, I have no sympathy Who? for whoever invested in Plexcoin. You deserve to lose that money. What? <laughs> what? If it's over 100%, you should already be like, nope, 
But I mean, I'm, okay, 100% is probably a little generous. If it's over like 50%. I'm thinking 20, 25. Should, well, I mean, there are some legitimate ones out there that will yeah. give you more than that. But they're just, they're, yeah. not, they're, they're not reliable at all. But like 50% at that point, you're thinking, why is everybody not doing this? I know, right? Why, why are there only me and a commu- small community of people interested in this? Do I have no more critical thinking skills than this? I know. As I as, <laughs> as I as I tell my dad, Dad, there's no such thing as uncommon sense. <laughs> common sense is dead. It's called uncommon sense now. That's fair. So the U.S. Department of Justice has has unveiled a five count indictment charging the founders of Plexcoin with wire and securities fraud. The three founders sold the tokens to investors in 2017 and allegedly got away with eight million dollars. In this statement, the DOJ, Department of Justice, announced that a federal grand jury has charged Dominic LaCroix. Ah, LaCroix. LaCroix. Domin- like, Dominique LaCroix. Is this the guy who made the sparkling water? Maybe. You never know. Sabrina Royer and Yan Ouellette with securities fraud, wire fraud, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Yeah, no freaking kidding. The three, the three, all residents of Qu- Quebec, Canada, founded Plex Corps in 2017. Okay, so they created kind of similar to Ripple. They created a parent company and then created a crypto coin off of the parent company, a company that was started behind a worthless token known as Plexcoin. So it sounds like both of them were founded in tandem. The founders allegedly claimed investing in the token would make the investors overnight millionaires. With oh, that this is where they get the number with the white paper. The white paper. Quoting 1,354% return on investment. I got to read this white paper. It must be true. Yeah, it's in the white paper. I, hold on. I want to see if the white paper is still available on CoinMarketCap. It probably isn't. I didn't see it, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I'm seeing Plex. I, I was sitting here thinking that the Plex coin was related to the Plex uh, media server. That doesn't seem to be the case. Here we go. I found it. Here we go. You got to do some- we- we got we got to read this. Oh, okay. Plex coin control F. Okay, 1, so okay, I can already tell by the white paper it's an ERC twenty. I think yeah. So Wait, it's one thousand three hundred fifty four. One thousand three hundred fifty four. No matches. Where did they get this number? Hmm. I want to find that number. I want to see the surrounding context of the number, like the paragraph before and after it. I can't find that number anywhere, but they have code in here. Function burn, active users. There were 1.2 billion active users. That does not sound right at all. Confidentiality, team background, mission. How do you do the whole search thing with these white papers? I was like, I can't find like a search bar. Like, where do you do this? Like searching. Uh, control F. Look at you with the skills. Oh, there we go. I couldn't find that number, though. Oh, wait, I found it. <laughs> Return on investment. I got it, yeah. <laughs> Sale level one, ROI after 29 days or less, 1,354%. Those numbers might seem enormous, but they are real. For comparison purposes, here under are shown some ROI examples from previous ICOs, Bitcoin, 1,887, Ethereum, 7,951, Ripple, 3,005, Litecoin, 938-8, what? 88,000? But, like, this is, like, 
That's not the same thing, though. Like, no, this this is this is the equivalent of saying, "Listen, guys, you you invest in us, you are going to be immortal. How do we know you're going to be immortal? Well, for a comparison, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. <laughs> it's like it's like what? <laughs> what? I don't. So they're saying because. So the difference is Bitcoin didn't guarantee that you were going to have a 1,887% on your return on your investment from the ICO. Neither did Ethereum, neither did Ripple, neither did Litecoin. I have no idea about Dash Monero, but I seriously doubt they guaranteed, you know, an 88,000. But these guys are saying, hey, if you're sale level one, your ROI of 29 days will be 1,354. And we can justify that because other coins have done it. Yeah, saying that <laughs> saying that another coin has done it and that you're going to do it is not you. It, that's not an explanation on the white paper. Like an explanation of saying, here here's the difference. When you have 1,354% and, and the reasons they're giving for why they're getting that number is a different discussion than saying, we guarantee you 5% if you stake in Ethereum as Coinbase. The reasoning for how you get a percentage in, say, for example, staking is completely different than saying, hey, here are these four or five comps. And also, they are literally the single best comps we could possibly (laughs) contrive of in the entire market. And saying, hey, if you get in on the ground floor, we're literally going to guarantee that. Like, how do you guarantee the growth of a coin? Like, that's that's literally like, that's, well, that's the fraud. Well, sell their coins, I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's like, oh, yeah, your ROI will be, you know, 1,300%, but you won't be able to liquidate it. <laughs> even even if that was the case, you would you, then you would have to guarantee the amount of users that would get locked up, right? Because yeah. Because that's the only way. Like, because... If if you want if you want the 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 market cap so the so the price of your coin to go up one thousand three hundred and fifty four percent, then you would have to guarantee to the person. Listen, there are so say say uh, say this coin Plex coin is a dollar. We're going to guarantee that this dollar is going to go to twenty eight bucks. We'll say we'll we'll say for a round number that it's twenty eight bucks is going to represent thirteen hundred fifty four percent. If it goes to twenty eight bucks, then you need the difference in users that are going to get locked up. And this is assuming they're admitting that you're going to get locked up, which obviously they're not, because that would be stupid. No one would do that. Well, I don't know. So there's plenty of stupid to go around as we're learning in these scams. But mm-hmm. but they're literally saying, listen, we don't have that many users now, which is why we're considering you the ground floor. But we're literally going to guarantee that the difference in amount of people investing now and the difference in amount of investing people that's going to take us to 1,354%, we're guaranteeing that we're going to get those investors which that in and of itself is a lie, and it's also a, a check that you can't cash per se. So it's just like, no matter how you slice and dice this, like you cannot justify even beginning to put. If you said ten percent, you can't justify that because you can't prove it. Like that type of argument. Like, sure, if you want to go on like CNBC and be like, yo, yo, we're pumping this coin. This coin's awesome. You're like the founder of the coin. Whatever. You know, you want to pump it on like a news organization, or whatever. But this is a white paper. This is sure. for information. This isn't for you pitching yourself. I mean, like, it is, but at the same time... But but you're pitching the coin. You're not pitching the growth of the coin. There's a difference. You're yeah. pitching the fundamentals. And that's the weird... That's the other thing I noticed. Like, this is the only white paper that I've seen that, like, almost talks exclusively about their ICO and then gives you, like, 10 different ways to pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just like half they the white whole, paper yeah. is you can pay this way or this way. We take PayPal. We take anything. No, I mean, that's exactly it. They oh, have, really? Yeah, they have a in section 5.5 payment methods. We take credit card, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, debit, etc., PayPal, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, QR code, Payoneer, check, transfer, or any other payment platform except PayPal. Oh, wait, that's denied payment methods. Probably, ooh, probably because PayPal has that merchant uh, guarantee. Remember that because yeah. we were dealing with that with your with your grandpa when we were when we were paying for electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's probably why because ooh, that, yeah, the pre-sale one hour before the exact sale time, a reminder email will be sent. It will explain the simple oh, procedure. They to also have a flex card. Plex card. That's even Plex. that sounds scummy. They have a Plex card Ultimate Member Limited Edition, Plex card Platinum Member Limited Edition, Plex card Helper Member Limited Edition. What is this Plex card? Is uh, this where you can spend? Like they wouldn't be able to do that. It says, it's not like a coin based card. Let's see. These cards will have different characteristics explained in the corresponding Plex card. They have a whole other freaking white paper on the Plex card. <laughs> They're like, listen, guys, we got, we need multiple products. We need to scam as much as possible. It is intended for 500 people who have bought the highest number of Plex coin. Oh, my gosh. How about uh, it, the one interesting thing, though, about this white paper? How about that difference in growth between Ethereum and Bitcoin? Bitcoin, 1,887%. Ethereum, 9,951%. How about that? Well, I mean, that is the ICO. And Bitcoin's ICO probably was not as hyped as Ethereum's was because Ethereum came out in like what right but percentage represents the growth not the yeah but this is that this is after 30 days oh okay yeah never mind then wait after th- really that's after 30 days I think I mean that's what they if they're if the comparison is equal it's saying sale ROI after 29 days or less is 1354 percent so then they say okay well, these numbers might seem enormous but they're real by comparison here, uh, here under are shown some ROI examples from previous ICOs. So maybe maybe those aren't in 29 days, but I'm assuming if they're like, oh, well, if you think this is ridiculous, look at this. Yeah, but you're assuming that they're giving a direct comp, which would be less shady of them. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was that was a fun little uh, chat on the uh, the stinkers <laughs> of the of the crypto market. And again, listen. I love crypto, okay? This is me poo-pooing on crypto. I got I got tons of crypto. I just bought more uh, Cardano this morning, all right? I love crypto. But listen, you, you can still have a good laugh at, at some of the the uh, the darker parts of the uh, the cryptocurrency market. Just just don't be that guy. Do your research. Golly, just don't FOMO into the next thing that's skyrocketing and it's trending. Oh, it's trending. Oh, up 200%. Good. <laughs> Apecoin. Hey, hey. Apecoin actually has an e- e- ecosystem. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not invested in ApeCoin, but it is. Uh, I'll take ApeCoin over Doge. No, anyway. ApeCoin's not as shady as these things. I mean, it's not really shady at all. It's just not something I want to be in. Right. It's just not my particular taste in terms of use case to invest in. For Coin of the Week, I thought we would talk about Monero since it has, at least from what I can tell, a bit of a cult following. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to get into. I literally knew nothing about Monero. Um, I've just seen it talked about, and so I was kind of going into this cold. But for anyone that does not know what Monero is going into this discussion... We're going to learn you a thing or two. Yeah, we're going to give you a little quick overview. Uh, Monero was launched in 2014, so it was one of the early coins and with the kind of Ethereum generation. Monero was launched in 2014, and its goal is simple. 
to allow transactions and to take place privately and with anonymity. Anonymity. <laughs> well, it's anonymous. Anonymous. Even though it's commonly thought that Bitcoin, BTC, can conceal a person's identity, it's often easy to trace payments back to their original source because blockchains are transparent. This is true. Although you can trace it back to the address, that doesn't necessarily mean you know who owns the who owns the wallet of that address. But, but that is that is too much information. At least Monero thought so. So yeah, designed something to yes combat that problem. So for Monero, Monero was designed to obscure senders and recipients alike. So not only the person, not only the wallet receiving it, but the wallet that's sending it out. So it's basically obscuring not only the inputs and the outputs, but where the inputs and the outputs are going. So. The recipients and the senders alike are uh, basically being obscured using advanced cryptography. The team behind Monero says privacy and security are their biggest priorities with ease of use and efficiency coming second. Well, I guess the, it, it almost sounds like the uh, the inverse of Solana, where Solana is all about TPS. Got to get that TPS up, you know what I mean? And then Gotta you have pump Mon- those numbers up. And then Monero is like, TPS, we don't care about that. We're, we're just about security. But uh, but Respectable respectable and, and and again i like i like that some coins that specialize in one thing other coins specialize in another aspect of blockchain so literally you have every possible use case that you would be interested in investing in it's pretty much out there at this point it's just the question is who's ahead of the other person and who's bigger than the other coin sure but there's pretty much every possible use case for blockchain i mean again these these use cases are going to advance and get better, but all the different types of use cases, there's at least one coin out there that's that's trying that unique uh, use for blockchain. Right. One of the things that I thought was interesting about this one, we just talked about how it was sort of like uh, using advanced cryptography to sort of hide the recipient and the sender involved in the transaction. Um, it goes on to say a little bit that obfuscation is achieved through the use of ring signatures, um, whereas this is like taking past past transaction outputs, um, they're picked from the blockchain as it exists already, and they act as decoys, meaning that the outside observers can't tell who signed it. Um, and uh, the example that Coin uh, Coin Market Cap was using was if Ian was going to send 200 XMR to Susan, the amount could also be split into random chunks to add further levels of. Uh, uh, obfuscation so the the addresses associated with the with the sender and the receiver on the blockchain sure you could probably trace that back to somebody but that's somebody's not really going to be the person who's actually sending it so it's a decoy and you know you have things getting split into random chunks and it's it's going to be it's like a vpn literally impossible <laughs> yeah it's going to be impossible to figure out even if you knew their wallet address it could be totally associated with some random a random transaction. It's not Susan. It's Juan from Jamaica. <laughs> or it's basically like you, you could, well... Juan from Jamaica? Yeah, well, that wouldn't make sense. But, <laughs> but it, I'm assuming that the addresses that are being scrambled, they're not... So, like, if, if say the address is A, that's all the address is, right? If if they scramble it and then it it's showing that the address actually came from B, I'm assuming that there's not actually a person out there with a wallet B, because I wouldn't assume that they would basically the the address that they would scramble whatever that scrambled version is is an existing wallet. I would assume that that's not the case. 
Oh my. Or it, maybe it helps to. Maybe it helps that the fact that it is a real one that it's being that they scramble I, to. I think it is because it's used as a decoy, right? But it's not actually where the money is getting sent. It's just what the user sees on the blockchain. Like if you were to go and look at the blockchain ledger, and you would see like, so say I sent you some money. In that process, it would take like, I don't know, if Bill Gates sent Jeff Bezos some money in the past. They might say that, you know. Jeff Bezos, they put Jeff Bezos in as the sender, and then, you know, like Elon Musk or something as the receiver, when really it was me and you. Their wallets exist. Right. I mean, I, I guess it's entirely possible that in that transaction, they, they go looking through the, the, the blockchain in the past, and they're like, oh, well, who, who can we, like, use as a decoy? And they pull out you again. Yeah. They pull well, out your address. Like, I, I don't know if that's possible, but... Well, the more I was thinking about it as you were talking, I was thinking, wait a minute, the only way that this um scrambling process would make sense is if you're scrambling is if is if the address that you scrambled to so the decoy address was a real address because if it's an address that doesn't exist then that would make it seem like it's less scrambled because you know it's fake whereas if the address that's being scrambled is an actual address that probably makes it more confusing well, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter if we know it's fake or not, because we already know they're not going to be legitimate. I mean, this is public yeah. Monero information. It's just the important thing being it's not what is actually happening, and it's going to be nearly impossible to figure out what is. Um, uh, I came across something from Monero. I'm wondering if you if you saw this. No, no, don't scroll down to my key points. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not on your key okay, points. Okay. I'm on the website. Okay, good. So there are people that invest in Monero heavily. So basically the, the Monero community. They speculate Satoshi could have possibly oh. been behind this coin. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I had seen some uh, speculation about that. I mean, I, I'm kind of doubtful. I don't really care. <laughs> I, was, I don't. It's, it's not that I don't care. It's that I kind of just write off anything that mentions these type of situations just because it's like yeah, sure i guess maybe but did you know that different governments are offering rewards to crack the monero code they don't like it that much there's there, I, I forget which government there was a government that offered it was like 300 grand or something Hold china on. <laughs> 300 grand does not seem nearly enough to totally break so I'm thinking clock. like 5 milli or something. Yeah, like what the heck? What, what, what kind of government is this? Like freaking... I want to find it. Hold on, I'm going to see what government it was. Government offers Russia? to hack Monero. Let's see. No, not Jack Monroe. Hack Monero. <laughs> oh, IRS. The IRS. Wow. IRS the will IRS pay. does hate us. They, they really do. So here, this is from Forbes. Uh, when was this? This is September 14th, 2020. So it's about a year and a half ago. The IRS will pay up to $625,000 if you can crack Monero, amongst other privacy coins, but mainly Monero. When the Internal Revenue Service signaled that it was getting serious about cryptocurrency, the agency wasn't kidding. The IRS is now offering cash to anyone who can, quote, reliably produce useful results on a variety of real-world Crypto investigations involving Monero and or Lightning. Okay, I don't. I've never heard of Lightning. That's right. They're looking for code crackers. That's crazy. I, I will say though that that is quite the compliment to Monero. The fact that you literally can't crack it because I'm sure there's some people inside the government 
that they they're like go to people like hey can 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 you crack this so we can get our grubby fingers in it? It makes me wonder. Obfuscation must be more important than we think it is with crypto because I was of the opinion in the past that obfuscation is just an unnecessary layer of protection because who the only reason you would need it is if somebody knew what your wallet address was. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess if you're giving your wallet address to the IRS and the IRS has some record of your wallet address, maybe they get it through like a, I don't know, an exchange or something. Uh, yeah, I guess, but... You know what? <laughs> that makes me appreciate Monero a little bit more. Anything that the IRS doesn't like, I appreciate. <laughs> yes. And the fact, you know, that's just insulting. $300,000 for someone to crack Monero. Well, I was, I, 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 I thought I was, like, I thought that's what I read, but I, I couldn't find specifically an article that was saying 300000 but the 625000 figure was, even that seems low. Like, at least throw a milli out there. I know, yeah, it's like, you you're you want me, who you've been taxing to death for the past, you know, my existence, and you want to pay me a measly $600,000 to make it easier for you to tax other people. At least give me at least give me a million. <laughs> I know, and but then but then here's the here's the kicker. They give you a million dollars to crack Monero. They're gonna turn around and say, "Uh, uh, uh that's income. We need thirty percent of that." <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. Oh man, they probably would too. And but then you turn around and be like, "Nah, that's a sales tax. I'm gonna have to." You're going to have to wait. They'd be paying themselves like 6%. It would be funny. They'd be like, okay, sure, yeah, the million. And then they go put it in Lightning instead of Monero. <laughs> Can't get it. And 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 I we didn't talk about this because it's been going up. But actually, just this week, uh, XMR, which is Monero, uh, is up. To, uh, let me see. I just lost it. Monero is up. And remember, this is a down market. Monero is up 19.6% just this week, and it's up 4.6% today, which is pretty sweet. There's not that much uh, XMR. It sells for $276 a coin as we're speaking, and there's 18.1 million XMR. Let me see. if Is it uh, inflatable or is max supply? It okay, has... there's no listing for a max supply on coin market cap, so it makes me think it's inflatable. It is 18 million. Yeah. All right. I mean, volume's I, I like pretty Monero. high. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan. I don't know if I'd invest, but I I could see myself investing in this. If I if I did, it would be like dabbling, like five ten percent of the portfolio. So it's still mineable. It's oh, it's, it's proof of work. Yeah, it uses a proof of work consensus mechanism. It says it uses a uh, an algorithm called Crypto Knight, which they say is based on proof of work. I'm not sure what based on means, but it's based on proof of work. And it says it's to prevent large mining farms from becoming a dominant force. I would like to know a little bit more about that, but they don't really say anything about it here. Hmm. Well, I am a fan. So whatever We like the stock. (laughs) We like the stock. Alrighty, that is all that we have for this week. We will be back next week unless Brett decides that we're not. Very funny. All right, bump it out.